Hi there, I'm Pastor Eric Tritton from Gloria Day Lutheran Church in Hudson, Ohio, and this is A Weekly Word. Thanks for being with me today. Uh, we are one more time here in the sanctuary talking about baptism, and today I want to get to kind of one of those points of contention about baptism, one of the questions that often gets asked, and it's, why do we baptize babies? Uh, for a lot, of, a lot of Christians, they look at baptism as something that is done uh, when they're an adult or when they're older and they can make a decision to be baptized. But there are a number of reasons that historically and even today, um, there are a lot of Christians who baptize babies. Um, this uh, practice of, of baptizing babies is it got a fancy name. It's called pedobaptism. And uh, um, if, you, if you are in the same circles as I am on Twitter, you will see debates about pedobaptism all the way up to today. Uh, because a lot of denominations look at this differently. And so from a, a Lutheran point of view, and I think it's a scriptural point of view, um, th this is why we would baptize babies. And it starts with the, uh, the, the root of the controversy, and it's the question of who is doing what in baptism. Is this our action to show our commitment, or is this God's action to make disciples? And I hold that it is God's action to make disciples, to deliver God's promises, to deliver forgiveness and life and salvation, connecting us to Jesus, giving us the Holy Spirit, washing our sins away, all of those things. So some of the question comes down to who's doing what here? And then another part of the question comes down to uh, some other questions like, can infants believe? And if not, when are they accountable to, uh, to follow Christ's command? How did they receive forgiveness before they were baptized? And then also, is there a biblical precedent that we would look to to understand children coming to faith and, and being part of God's family? So let's dig into some of this. Historically speaking, it is clear that infant baptism was the accepted practice of the early church. Um, some of the early church leaders uh, talk about baptizing babies. Uh, one of them is a guy by the name of Origen. He lived from 185 to, to 254 AD. And he says this, For this reason, moreover, the church received from the apostles the tradition of baptizing infants too. Notice that he connects it back to the apostles. And he says that this is what the apostles did. But that's what the church at his time in the 100s and 200s AD were doing very early. And another person from the same time of time frame, a guy by the name of Hippolytus, who lived from 170 to 236, he says this, First, you should baptize the little ones. All who can speak for themselves should speak. But for those who cannot speak, their parents should speak for them or another who belongs to their family. So we have a, this precedent of godparents that are connected to there and, and parents having babies uh, baptized, growing them up in the Christian faith. Now you might say, well, that's well and good that the early church did that, but did the apostles do it? And biblically speaking, um, infant baptism is not specifically spoken to. If we're going to be honest about it, we should be honest about it, right? 
Um, there is no place in the Bible that specifically says, you know, I, Paul, baptized this baby. Um, but we do have things that include infants in terms of talking about baptism. In Matthew 28, 19, and 20, um, Jesus says to go and make disciples of all nations. And all nations certainly would include infants and children. And in Colossians 2, 11 through 13, um, baptism is connected to, to circumcision. That the same way that the covenant of circumcision was given to Israel, the, the covenant of baptism is given to God's people. Now, circumcision was done to Jewish boys when they're eight days old. So if baby boys are brought into the covenant in the Old Testament through circumcision at eight days, wouldn't it make sense then that perhaps baptism works in the lives of, of infants too? And then in Acts, Acts chapter 16 and in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 16, these are passages that, that indicate that the apostles baptized whole households. And, and we're speaking of Peter and Paul here. That when there were conversions that took place, they baptized the whole family. And it just makes sense that there would be children, even infants, involved in these contexts. Now, if that's not enough to think that well, maybe it's a good idea to baptize some babies, uh, in Romans 3, verse 23, it says, you know, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And in Psalm 51, David confesses that we are all born sinful. And if sin is what, what separates us from God, and forgiveness is what brings us together, what is it exactly that, that infants and children have that gives them that forgiveness? And we believe that the gift that God has given to give forgiveness even to infants is baptism. Because baptism is his word that's connected to the water to deliver God's gifts, including the gift of the Holy Spirit. See Acts chapter 2. And that gift of the Holy Spirit is faith. And when I think about the, the arguments that support um, holding off on infant baptism, waiting till, till the uh, um, person can make their own decision to be baptized. They just don't, they just don't stand up. Sorry. Um, but, you know, Jesus speaks of letting infants come to him. That word brephos uh, that we translate infants, it, 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 it means one who's still nursing. And he says these are ones that come to him. We also should note that, as I said before, children are sinful and need forgiveness. I know there's this idea out there that children are innocent. Um, I, I, whoever came up with that idea was not a parent. Um, but uh, uh, when we think about our children, yes, there is a sense that they're innocent in terms of their dealings with the world. But in terms of being sinners, they are. They are sinners, and they need forgiveness uh, and how is that going to be delivered to them? Uh, also, from Acts chapter 2, verses 38 and 39, um, Peter is talking about the gift of baptism, the gift of forgiveness in baptism, and he says that this promise is for you and for your children. So it, it, it makes sense then that uh, we would baptize children from a biblical paradigm. 
Now, one of the ideas behind uh, restricting infant baptism is that people believe that there's an age of accountability at which point the person should make a decision to be baptized or not be baptized. That, that idea is nowhere in Scripture. I'm sorry. Uh, it's, it's just not there. Now, it's not a new idea. Uh, yesterday, or earlier in this, this um, podcast, I mentioned a guy by the name of Origen. And at one point, he talked about wondering if there was an age of accountability. And, uh, and he said, well, if there is, it's got to be somewhere around two when we look at what most Protestant churches are doing today that, that believe in this idea of an age of accountability, it's significantly older than that. But there's, there's, no, there's no biblical precedent for it. David takes us back to his conception. Um, Jesus takes us back to, to infants. Circumcision takes us back to infants. Over and over again, the idea here is that even babies can believe. And they need to receive the gifts that are given in baptism. So we baptize babies here at Gloria Day. And we do that because we believe that what's going on here is God's work. That God is doing his work in the life of a person. It's not a magic incantation where we say the right words and God has to do his thing. But this is part and parcel of, of making disciples as Jesus commanded and we believe that, that God delivers forgiveness and the gift of the Holy Spirit right here in baptism. And that our children need that gift of the Spirit, which is faith. Now, that doesn't mean that we're done when the child is baptized, because we recognize that baptizing goes with teaching, or catechizing is another way to say that. And so as the children grow... We want to make sure that they are coming to church, that they are hearing God's word, that when they're old enough, they can read God's word and, and they can come to the sacrament of the altar when, when the time is right and all of those things. But we believe that, that children need what God is giving here. And we believe that, that baptism is, is it's a beginning that carries through the, the whole life, that we return to it over and over again remembering i am baptized i am washed i have this washing of regeneration and renewal and god is at work in me and so we live in it day by day confessing our sins repenting trusting in the forgiveness that christ has won and delivered to us and this marks our lives baptism marks our lives because God's name is on us. You know, we call ourselves Christians. It means little Christs. But even before we started calling ourselves Christians, God was baptizing people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God places his name on his people. And we live in that identity, washed and claimed, made his own trusting in his salvation, just as he delivered it in baptism, just as he delivers it in his word, just as he delivers it in the sacrament of the altar, which we'll talk about another time. But thanks for being with me today. I, I hope that th these, this little series about baptism has been helpful to you. Um, and if it has, please share it, like it, whatever. Um, 
I always like for people to be able to hear the good news of God's love and, and how he delivers that to us. And he's placed his forgiveness and salvation in the word and in the sacraments so that we can be assured that we are his people, not because we did something, but because he's doing something there, giving us forgiveness, giving us his spirit, making us his people. And so we, we, we live in that forgiveness every day. So remember your baptism. Live in the confidence of his salvation. God's blessings. Mm-hmm.